With that familiar theme song, we're reminded it's time once again for the Harvest Time Gospel Broadcast. This is a daily broadcast with special emphasis on missions and world evangelization under the direction of Dr. Stenny Ballou of Resaca, Georgia. And now, here is Brother Ballou and today's broadcast. Thank you and greetings, radio friends. What a joy and privilege it is to come to your place of listening on this Monday and begin another week of broadcasting the gospel of the grace of our God. I praise the Lord for this open door, this heaven-bought privilege that our Lord allows us to gather by the radio and study His precious Word. I trust that if it's at all possible, you'll take the time out, get your Bible, and follow along with us as we open the Word of God today. We're turning in our Bible to the book of John chapter number 3, and I'm going to deal with what I believe to be the golden text of the Bible, John chapter number 3 and verse number 16. This is perhaps the most familiar verse there is in the Word of God. And I am convinced that in this verse is the gospel in a nutshell. Someone has said that if you were to destroy all of the Bible, but John 3, 16, there's enough gospel in this verse to save the lost world. It truly is the gospel in a nutshell. And we're going to look at it and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to our heart from His Word on the broadcast this week. Notice, if you will, John chapter number 3, verse number 15. The Bible said, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Let me back up and read a couple of verses in front of that. And then read on down, Father. The Bible said in John 3, 14, that as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Then there's verse number 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. We're looking at verse number 16 for our study this week. I want to preach on this thought, the world's greatest story. No doubt in my mind, here in John chapter number 3, verse number 16, is the greatest story ever told. Now, I realize when I say that, there have been a lot of stories told. But may I say to you, there has never been a story told greater than John chapter number 3, verse number 16. There have been a lot of penmen who have written books of great stories, great novels, great fiction. But there's never been a story written are told as great as is the story that is before us. And I want to give you seven reasons for saying that, and then I'll deal with them as the Holy Ghost directs us day after day through this week of broadcasting. Let's look at the verse again, and then I want to break it down and tell you why this is 
the world's greatest story. When I look at the two words, for God, I'm reminded that this introduces us to the world's greatest person. Then I look at the phrase, soul of the world. I'm reminded this tells us of the world's greatest passion. Then I look at the phrase that he gave his only begotten son. This reveals to us the world's greatest presentation. Then the phrase, whosoever, reveals to us the world's greatest prospect. And the phrase, believeth on him, reveals to us the world's greatest plan. And then the phrase, should not perish, reveals to us the world's greatest promise. And then the phrase, but have everlasting life, reveals to us the world's greatest possession. So this is the world's greatest story because it tells us about the world's greatest person, the world's greatest passion, the world's greatest presentation, the world's greatest prospect, the world's greatest plan, the world's greatest promise, and the world's greatest possession. So based on those seven facts that are presented in this verse of Scripture, I declare to you this is the world's greatest story. Now, let me encourage you, if you are unsaved, that you listen to the message of the Word of God and you allow the Spirit of God to use the Word of God and speak to your heart. I prayed before I came on the air today that God would give me the power of God and help me to connect with the people that are lost and preach this message to them in such a manner that the Holy Ghost would bring conviction and conversion in their life. Then as you listen today, as a saved person, the truth of this verse ought to thrill your soul and your spirit be made to rejoice as you look at the world's greatest story. I want you to notice the first thought on the broadcast today. The Bible said, for God. And I said to you, that simple two-word phrase introduces us to the world's greatest person. Now, I'm aware of the fact that the world has their own heroes. They have those who have excelled in a lot of different areas. Some are athletes. Some are statesmen. Some are scientists. Some are engineers. Some inventors. And on and on the story goes. Jeremiah summed it up well when he said about God, there is none like unto thee. Notice what the Bible said in Jeremiah chapter number 10, verse number 6 and verse number 7. Jeremiah declares, For there is none like unto thee, O Lord. Thou art great, and thy name is great in might. Who would not fear thee, O king of nations? For to thee doth it appertain, for as much as among all the wise men of the nations and in all their kingdoms, there is none like unto thee. So Jeremiah declares it. The Bible teaches it all the way through that when you mention the name God, Jehovah, the God of the Bible, you are dealing with a person that is one in a class 
by himself. There is none likened unto him. There's not even anyone in the race that is competitive to be equal unto our God. You say, well, preacher, what makes God so great? Let me share with you from the Word of God. Let me just start where the Bible starts. You do not have to read far into the Word of God until you bump into this great person, God. As a matter of fact, if you were to open your Bible to the first book, the first chapter, and the first verse, the Bible, without any explanation of his background, simply says, In the beginning, God. There he is. There's none like unto him. There was none before him. There is no other God beside him. And there is no other God behind him. No, he is there in the beginning, God. He alone, with what we know as God the Son and God the Spirit, are the creators of heaven and earth. He is God in the beginning. He's God in the creation. The Bible declares plainly in Colossians chapter number 1 that all things were made by him, and by him all things consist. He is the greatest person in the world because he is God, the creator. Listen to me, dear friend. Of all of the other gods and religions of this world, there is no other God who can lay claim on the creation as he himself being the creator. But this God of the Bible, can I say it? He does not blush. He does not embarrass to declare himself in the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth. There is no other creator but our God, the God of the Bible. Now, I could spend a lot of time there, but I want to move on. Not only is the world's greatest person because he is the creator, but the Bible said in the book of Genesis chapter 14, verse number 18, and Melchizedek king of Salem brought forth bread and wine. Notice now, the Bible said, and he was the priest of the most high God. He is not only the creator God, but he is the most high God. There is no other God as high as our God is. There's no other God in competition with him as far as being equal to God is concerned. Notice again, the Bible said in Genesis chapter 17, verse number 1, And when Abram was 90 years old and 9, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. So he said, first of all, he's God the Creator. Second, he's the Most High God. Now then, he is the Almighty God. No other God can make that claim and then prove his words to be true. Then notice the Bible said in the book of Exodus, chapter number 6, Moses is going down and preached the message to Pharaoh, and instead of things getting better, they got worse. Moses comes back to God with somewhat of a pity party. It's not working, God. 
And God said in Exodus chapter 6, verse number 1, Then the Lord said unto Moses, Now shalt thou see what I will do to Pharaoh, and with a strong hand shall he drive them out of his land. Listen to verse 2 and 3. And God spake unto Moses, and said unto him, I am the Lord. Verse 3, I appeared unto Abraham, and unto Isaac, and unto Jacob, by the name of God Almighty, but by my name Jehovah was I not known unto them. Now, the name Jehovah basically means the self-existent one that revealeth himself. Pharaoh said, I don't know who God is. I'm not going to let Israel go. But God said, Moses, you leave that up to me. I am a God that is able to reveal and manifest myself, even the wicked Pharaoh. May I just remind you that 10 plagues later, Pharaoh knew who God was and was willing to let Israel go. Our God is the world's greatest person as God the Creator, as the Most High God, as the Almighty God, as a Jehovah God, the self-existent one who revealeth himself. Well, we'll continue tomorrow, the Lord willing. Father, take the word, use it to your glory. I pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Behold, the fields are white, it's harvest time. Well, I trust you enjoyed the broadcast today. Let me remind you this time once again for our camp meeting here at Faith Baptist Camp at Resaca, Georgia. We always begin on the first Sunday in August. I hope you'll make your plans to come and be with us. Pastor Sammy Allen and the folk of the Concord Baptist Church gives you a special invitation to join us for a great week of camp meeting. We'll have some of the best preaching you'll ever hear anywhere. We'll have old-fashioned singing and worship and praising the Lord. We're located about 70 miles north of Atlanta and about 50 miles south of Chattanooga, just off Interstate 75. Make your plans to come and be with us again. That begins on the first Sunday in August. Let me remind you, I need to hear from you. Address your letter to Harvest Time, 179 Promised Land Drive, Resaca, Georgia, 30735. And be sure to join us again each day, Monday through Friday, at this same time. God bless you. Until the next broadcast. Oh.